Welcome to Crab Takes in Football. This is what the Baltimore Sports Report does. I'm TK, joined by Andrew Holly. Holly, how we doing, man? I'm doing well, TK. I guess we we were just laughing about, you know, folks, if you tune in uh, to the podcast regularly. First off, we appreciate it. But secondly, you probably were a little confused about last week's podcast. And, and it turns out it was really just the intro. So we wanted you guys to, you know, get into the intro, get excited for this week's podcast. But just know we predicted every single pick spot on correctly it, it's unbelievable i don't it's a shame it wasn't recorded tk because otherwise this would have the, the podcast would have gone down in history as maybe the we would have been the second coming of nostradamus yeah i mean not just the ravens pick but every single pick it, yes it was truly truly amazing so any any front office guys that are out there anybody that needs us to do their mock draft next year um, you know, we are always available. Yeah, but yeah, sorry about uh, but you're the always, technical. But obviously, that you know, there, there's always the chance you might just hear the intro music. But we're always available for perfect mock drafts. Just know they, they, they are. We're always available for that. Yes, absolutely. Um, so yeah, sorry about that. Uh, we did get the other mock draft episode out, and that was fine. So, um, you know, I, th- I think we said some good things in, in both in both mock drafts. Some ended up coming true, some uh, not so much. But we are here today to review the Ravens uh, 2021 draft, a, a class that I think that uh, a lot of people are really happy with. I'm really happy with it. Um, we'll talk some some undrafted free agent news, although that's still very fluid. And then we'll look, take a look at what's next. You know, who are who are some free agents we should be looking into, you know, some tackles, some edges, um, some positions that weren't addressed in the draft. So it was a long wait, but finally Ravens got on the clock. Uh, Uh, During a commercial break, mind you. Yeah. Can you talk about that real quick? It, It just seems like every single time the Ravens do any pick, any draft, any round, any spot, it's coming from a commercial and I like, you know, I always want them to do, you know, the retrospective on last year, like, you know, Lamar Jackson did all this, 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 and this, but you know, here are some of the guys that may fit in their spot here. And we, all we get is, is commercials and it's, and it's just such a shame. It, it just feels like we just get shafted every year. And and you'd think because like the Ravens are a team that like, this is the, this is like for Ravens fans, like let's face it in the crowd. There was that dude wearing a Ravens like blazer that had a T-shirt with Eric DaCosta's face on it. Mind yeah. you, the Ravens should sell that, and it would sell well. <laughs> um, I mean, it's you know the draft is what the Ravens are all about. So for the, you know, for them not to be a focus. Now, granted, we were what we were both, I think, watching the ABC coverage. Maybe the NFL Network did something differently. I doubt ESPN did, but you know, it. You just kind of go, wait a minute. Shouldn't the focus be on? Wow, the Ravens are fantastic every year at this. Let's drool over everything they do. But it doesn't seem to be that. Yeah, and I mean, playoff perennial playoff team on the on the doorstep of the Super Bowl. And now let's talk about GMC 
or or like a you know some kind of truck whoever let, whoever the sponsor let the band play you know. an additional 20 minutes when we need to cut oh know, yeah kings of leon a dumb song we'll... and go to some actual kick on the stage you know oh yes it was sweet carolina and yes. uh, roger goodell let it rock yeah you know i kind of appreciated that he, he read he read the moment well, yeah, know, he, he read the moment. Once it got to the chorus, you know, I, I think that was a good read by him. But, yeah, it did, it did go on for a little bit. So, yeah. Anyway, with, enough of that. With that complaining Wait, out of the I, way. Wait, actually, before we – I want to end my, my draft uh, general thoughts before we get to the picks with a positive. Okay. We need to have Jacoby Jones – announce every single pick of of for the Ravens for the rest of his life because I have to admit I have not laughed harder. I don't know <laughs> if he was dancing. I don't know if he was miming, juggling or really what he was doing when he first oh, that was in. His, it was a like, touchdown dance. Is that what is that what that was? He was I, he I was doing no a very idea muted... what he was doing. And then he started talking to every oh I love him. I love him. He was, I love him. Go ahead. He was doing a very, very toned down version of his of his uh, signature touchdown dance. Uh, it's a it's a South Florida thing, uh, I believe, based on based on what I've learned. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. Uh, I'm yeah, gonna have to just, remind myself of what his touchdown looks dance looks like. I guess it's just been too long. Yeah. I mean, he but, is just uh, electric. Um, I mean, but yeah, he was awesome. You're I right. was literally in tears. I was literally <laughs> in tears. It, you know, because throughout that whole day, you're just like, okay, people, shut up. You know, they're talking about they all want to be like that one dude who I believe passed away. God rest his soul. Who would always be like, remember your mom on Mother's Day. Blah, 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 blah. And and that was a wonderful little message. But now everyone's got to, you know. Wax poetic at the mic for 20, 10 minutes before they make their pick. <laughs> and then there's Jacoby Jones. <laughs> what? <laughs> just, I mean, just amazing. So anyway, let, let's get on to the picks. But that was, I think, the highlight of my weekend was that moment. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, okay, so let's get to it. We said it was a long night. It was a long wait. But finally... You know, we thought there was some chance that the Ravens would have to move up, but at the 27th pick, they got And let's guy. face it, before you know, we, we talk about it, there were a lot of guys on the board here. I mean, we're thinking, yeah, yeah. oh my God, like that run on quarterbacks happened. There was a run on cornerbacks. So it's like perfect. All those positions that we didn't really care about were coming off the board. And who did we end up getting that nobody thought we would get? Yeah, you know, we, we started a few podcasts ago saying, you know, Sammy Watkins, if he's the move at uh, – he's a move at wide receiver. He can't be the move. But at 27, the Ravens picked Rashad Bateman, uh, wide receiver out of Minnesota. Tell me why Rashad Bateman is the move at wide receiver. He does everything you could want an outside receiver to do. He's everything that the Ravens were missing, seemingly. Obviously, he's going to have to come into the NFL and prove it. But he has the skill set that the Ravens were missing. That guy that's going to go up and get the ball. That guy that's going to make the tough catch. The guy that's going to make crazy one-handed catches. Now, granted, 
you know, Hollywood certainly very capable of all that, but he's he's going to do that in space. He's not going to be doing that with two guys on him. You know, that's that's the kind of thing that Rashad Bateman brings to the table. We're talking more of that Anquan Bolden level guy. You know, I look at you look at those highlights. You can't help but think to me about Allen Robinson. What do you think about that comparison? Yeah, I like Allen Robinson. Other places, I've seen Reggie Wayne, which is really cool. I've oh, wow. seen Keenan Allen, which is really cool. So basically, what what we're getting in Rashad Bateman is a technician. You know, his releases are devastating. His route running is precise. He reaches out and, and catches the ball with his hands. He's not afraid to go over the middle and, and make a catch. He, you know, he can do it from any spot on the field. So, you know, I, I think Greg Roman had a great uh, quote in, in the presser with Rashad Bateman introducing him. You know, you know, the field is 53 yards wide. You know, with Rashad Bateman added here, it, defenses are going to have to cover all 53 mm-hmm. yards across. You know, he's, he can do it all. Um, you know, he's not as he's not as big as you might think because of his play style. But, you know, it, he can he can go up and get it. He can he can, you know, snap off a route and, and just, you know, pick up that first down. But, you know, he's got what you want uh, it, as far as that. He's got all around wide receiver skills. Yeah, he's, absolutely. he's that guy that's going to be there on every play. He's that he's Derek Mason with a little bit more speed. You know, he's that he's that guy who can be that number one guy. I think the best description of Bateman, I I, I forget because I think I've heard this several different places. So I'm not sure who exactly to, to give credit to, but he's got a high floor. Yeah. You know, he's got the talent level that even if he isn't a number one, He's probably going to be a very productive member of the offense in some way, shape, or form. He he likely won't be a, a dud. His technical skills, uh, you know, his route running and his hands. I mean, if used properly, he should be a productive pro, if not, you know, better than that. So, you know, I watching that it was it's funny to me watching that that uh, press conference. Um, after you kind of laughed about the technical difficulties they were having merging the two Zoom calls. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, after that, you know, listening to that comment from Roman, and I love hearing that, and you got to think, okay, they, you know, the two additional offensive coaching staff, you know, coaching staff members they've added to focus on the wide receiver and the, the wide receiver position and the passing game. You, you hope, you, you know, the, it seems that the focus is there, but it it's up to Roman now to prove that they're going to have to cover those 53, that we're actually going to throw it to uh, Bateman with some kind of consistency and, you know, a, a well, well-designed play to get him the ball so they can respect the skill that he has. So, you know, it's, it's exciting now. We certainly, we have the talent at wide receiver. And we'll talk about more about that as we get further down into the draft picks, I'm sure. But, you know, we definitely have a deep wide receiver room now. It's got, you know, at this point, why, you know, even, even uh, Hollywood, he's a young receiver, but he's going into his third year now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he's our young veteran, you know, then you've got Sammy Watkins and now you've got some other young guys coming in that, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a deep young 
varied, in varied a group of varied talented receivers, if that makes sense. A, or receivers of varied talents, I guess is a better way of saying it. Um, and it's uh, it's going to be interesting how things shake out. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I think a really interesting note uh, that that I found out is that you know, in in finding comparisons to how Bateman, you know, guys that he watches to to work on his game. One of them was Devonte Adams, and and we referred to his releases off the line and and how clever and how how difficult they can be to to you know get separation immediately and Devontae Adams that's what one of the things that he does best Devontae Adams works has worked in the past very closely with Keith Williams who's one of those new coaches that you referred to the past game specialist so does that mean that Keith Williams can add some of that uh diversity and releases to Bateman you know, and, and it is so intriguing that, you know, maybe those two new wide receivers coaches, you know, had even like had a lot yeah. of, of say in this pick uh, making it here. So it's really I'll interesting. Tell you what, uh, man, that's what kills me. Just as a quick sidebar, I know we're talking about the draft, so I don't want to go go too much on a tangent here. But, you know, the whole fact that you know, we're not going to have any offseason program this year uh, until training camp, that's. That's where you go only because you you want to see Williams and T. Martin really put a stamp on the passing game on these receivers. Mm-hmm. And I, I still think that's possible, though. That's that's like the, the. Oh, it's not impossible, certainly. Yeah. But it's just those those little things that, you know, you you think about where guys like Devontae Adams have probably made their biggest strides. It's probably working with Williams in the offseason. Allegedly, that's what we're hoping. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's when we want our guys to be working with him. You know what I mean? Now, granted, we're going to have, right. obviously, the day-to-day use of, of him and his skill set. But I don't know. It's just, I, I guess. Players need to have their time, too, and, and look, I mean, it, all, it almost seems like all the skilled players are hanging out with Lamar right now, so that's fantastic. I'm sure all the rookies will, will go down, too, but um, sorry, that's just a quick sidebar to everyone. No, I mean, that, that, that is relevant, and, and, you know, you would love to see that full program, but that's just not how it's, how it's going to go this year, but, you know, I do think that day-to-day with Keith Williams is really going to help. Uh, Bateman with T. Martin is really going to help. So, you know, he's he's in a really good position to succeed. I think that part of the problem of the Ravens not having success throwing outside is not really having a great option uh, to throw it throw it outside to. And I think they address that here with Bateman. Um, you know, I think he has really high ceiling, you know, like you said, a very high floor. So, you know, really excited, great value for him at 27. You know, we were thinking that the Ravens might have to move up to grab him. Um, you know, there there were a couple wide receiver hungry teams after us that, you know, could have taken him. So they could have moved up and taken him and, and you know, kind of just worked out in our favor. So very happy that he was there at 27 uh, for the Ravens. And I think he's going to be a great fit. He's already, speaking of Jacoby Jones, has already announced his number will be 12 um, yeah. in Baltimore. Um, so, it's a shame he can't be agent zero. That would be pretty cool if he could yeah, continue to do that. Sad. And I like the message too. Was cool. Yeah. Of you know why he wore zero and everything else. But that said, he's our new number twelve. So let's go, Rashad. Welcome to Baltimore. 
Yep, absolutely. So the Ravens came back um, just a few minutes later with uh, pick 31. Uh, they took uh, the the edge from Penn State, who's, who has uh, decided to go by his first name now, Odafe Owe. Uh, he used to go by Jason out of Penn State. Uh, this guy is a freak. Uh, he's huge. He's fast. He's strong. Um, man, I, I'm really impressed with, with what I've seen out of him on, on the tape so far. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys that once he gets with pro coaching, and not and not to say that the coaching he had at Penn State was poor in any way. I just mean, you know, his his experience in football overall is so little that you know you take that next step even more up to pro coaching now. After the jump that he obviously made at Penn State, you gotta think, wow. I mean, he really could continue to blossom. So he now, unlike Bateman. I don't know that you can say Owe has a, a high floor, but he certainly has a very high ceiling. There's yeah. no no doubt about that. Now, unfortunately, you can't talk about this pick without some of the surprise of this pick, because not only is there some surprise based off stats, because he didn't have a single sack last year for Penn State. Now, there's several reasons why, and I, I don't think it's anything to worry about, but it certainly still raises some eyebrows. And then secondly to that is who were the other players still available at that point? We still had Aziz Ojolari. We still had Kevin Jenkins who could have stepped in at right tackle. You know, so there were definitely some other interesting options uh, at that point in the draft. Now that we've had a couple of days to think about it, are you still happy with Oway as the pick? I think I am. And, and it's, it's, you know, it would have been nice to to address that right tackle position right off the bat, but I think it's pretty clear. You know, we'll talk about later that um, there is at least a stopgap or, or a temporary plan at right tackle, um, and that's going to be through free agency. So, you know, I'm well. A, we I, can. I'm, that's okay. We can talk about it now, and we might as well because we're sort of brought it up. We yeah. sort of brought it up. So. I, and there really isn't any – there aren't any – we didn't wrap, draft a right tackle. Shocker. You know, um, sorry for the spoiler, but what are we going to do there? You know, I mean, we, we can talk about the free agent options in a little while, but internally it looks like Tyree Phillips is the guy. Yes, it does. It looks like he's going to be that, you know, typical developmental tackle that the Ravens always have. Um, you know, for a long time it was Greg Sinat. Uh, you know, he was always on the back end of the roster. But, you know, I, I think with a with a with an off season under his belt and, and a full season of expe- of experience under his belt, I really think that Tyree Phillips is in a position to make a really big jump. And maybe that's not to the point of of uh, Orlando Brown Jr. I, I think that's a little unfair to expect. But I think his performance at right tackle could be a lot different. So I think. You know, the ideal situation for me would be for Tyree Phillips to come out and win this right tackle job and then have yeah. uh, a, a free agent be the swing tackle backup. And, and it looks I like agree. that guy is likely going to be Alejandro Villanueva from, uh, you know, Pittsburgh Steelers fame. Um, I think that's the ideal situation. You, you just said you agree. I, you know, that just seems like 
the better situation for you know a, a veteran tackle coming off the bench is a nice idea. Having a having a young uh, right tackle contribute to the to the team is is a really nice to get, especially a mid round pick. Yeah. So yeah. you know that sounds pretty ideal to me. It does. I mean, and and as we bridge into the conversation to our next pick, who's exciting in some ways, it also makes a little bit of sense because obviously our dearth for lack of a better term, maybe maybe a better description would be wealth of interior offensive linemen um, has increased with the next pick. So why don't we get into him? Yeah, before we do that, I just want to finish up on OA. Oh, sorry. Go uh, ahead. No problem. Uh, like you said, not concerned about the lack of sacks. Um, he was, from what I've seen, he's been incredibly disruptive. Um, you know, quarterback hits lead to uh sacks all the time so pressures equals quarterback hits equals sacks down the road um clean up the technique a little bit i think he he will be getting after quarterbacks for a long time and you know he he's actually i think pretty ready to contribute against the run already so it's that pass rush that i think needs the most work so if he can be disruptive on on some passing downs you know the history in this division at least uh, ben Roethlisberger, get him off his spot when he's old. You know, things tend to fall apart. Baker Mayfield, same story. Get him off his spot. Just be disruptive, and things tend to go in your favor. Joe Burrow, you know, coming off an ACL, who knows? But you know, in the division, a little bit of disruptiveness may do the trick with our crazy secondary. So, um, well, that's I'm just afraid what I'm... as good as I as I think our secondary is, Jamar Chase has already scored a touchdown against us. But we'll just we'll just let well, that be for now. I mean. If Burrow can get off any passes with no offensive line. Well, that's true. That's true. So, yeah. So, okay, now let's move on. You had an awesome segue, and I'm sorry to have ruined that. No, but... that's okay. I, I didn't give I didn't give our other first-round pick enough love uh, yeah, there. I mean, I, I, think that, I think the main thing about OA, you know, in my mind, I, I and I don't dislike the pick, obviously. I'm, I'm, still, I'm still a little surprised because it was set up. I mean, in my perfect world going into the draft, it would have been Bateman and, and Jenkins. So it was like, oh, my God, you know, I was sending everybody those office memes, you know, oh, my God, it's happening, you know. It's a, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, you know I'm, I'm still a little surprised. I don't love Tyree Phillips. I mean, I'm trying to be positive about it. I was, I was very underwhelmed last season now granted he was put in a tough spot he was you know a guard in training camp i think for the most part um he was hurt you know he didn't really have a, a any kind of a real off season with the COVID. so i mean there are a lot of reasons why um he he may not have had a good season last year in my mind but um obviously the coaches think really highly of him so it is what it is now Back to OA, I mean, I think, like I said before, I just, I'm excited, but I'm trying to temper my enthusiasm just because I know how raw he is as a player. Like you said, it certainly seems like he can uh, contribute in the runway right away. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm just hoping we don't end up with another Courtney Brown. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, um, you know, now look. I think that's I, I think a fair concern. OA has a way better skill set as far as you know what he has uh physically 
than Courtney Brown ever had. I mean, as, uh, he was a nice player, but he was a run-stopping outside linebacker. That's about it. Um, so hopefully he will develop that pass rush and be a dominant force. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, let's let's move on to our next pick. Uh, you know, as 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 long as that wait was for pick twenty-seven, the wait for pick ninety-four was absolutely brutal. brutal. It was that was tough to watch, man. There's name after name that oh, we like coming off the board, like, oh, yeah. and and you know, based on Deca- what DeCosta was saying the night before, it, it was pretty pretty clear that the Ravens were not going to move up in, into round two or earlier yeah. into round three. So you know, you're kind of just sitting and waiting, and and there's like, oh man, like I thought that guy would be there later. You know, I would have liked him at 94. You know, uh. It, it was that was tough. A ton of tackles come off the board. Some defensive players that we liked come off the board. And Tommy then we Tremble to came off the board. I mean, yeah, so many people came off the board that you know were staples of. You no, know, it just shows you that those mock draft engines don't know jack. I mean, is really right. all that tells you is that yeah, absolutely. That's where we're getting our like. Oh, he seemed like he's. We've been on a computer that it really has no idea, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it, that said, it's 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 hard to watch. And and but you know, it's funny. This this pick was made, and I think both of us are like, who? But after you start seeing some of the highlights, some of you know, the write-ups, and now you're kind of like, okay, this offensive guard out of Georgia, Ben Cleveland, he may just be a player for us. Yeah, he's somebody that I looked into a little bit um, in the PFF mock drafts, and, you know, he, he's... All the write-ups, like, everything... It was one of those It was one of those guys that the, the write-ups all seem really pretty good, but then they in the mock drafts, they're just available in the fifth round. And you can't really tell why it was like a, a, similar to like yeah. a Cornell Powell situation exactly. where like, you know, he's like dynamic, like good route runner, good hands. But then, OK, why is he getting picked at 200? Yeah. You know? Or that so, yeah. guy would always fall right. way late. Right. He was like picked in the early in the third or something. Right. Like that, so, you know? right. Like you said, those mock draft machines, while they have some value, they're um, they fun. Definitely have you know, some but there's they're really not anything you can base any real analysis off of, yeah. of somebody's draft. I mean, yep. other than, oh, I know that name. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's about it. Yep. So, uh, yeah, you mentioned Ben Cleveland already is a guard out of Georgia. Most of his experience is at right guard, but he does have experience at left guard. He is... Apparently all across the middle of the line. Yeah, he's he is several just positions a, according, a, according to him massive massive human being um 66343 pounds I, i'm uh, looking at actually you might be selling them short because now granted, really this is the ravens website but they have 66357 okay well, all and right they, well maybe they, maybe he weighed specifically in specifically describe him as a mountain of a man and he plays like it too yeah I mean, he is big. He is. He's fun. He's fun to watch. If you want to watch some a, a guy on the offensive line just 
ball over some people. Look up some of these Ben Cleveland highlights. Yeah, They're I mean, talk, awesome. talk about talk about changing the line of scrimmage. I mean, he is a guy that does that consistently. He also seems to process like blitzes pretty well from what I've seen too, which is pretty impressive. You know, one of the knocks on him is that maybe he's not the most elite mover, but you know, that tends to be the case with guards um, in the NFL, unless you're Quentin Nelson. Um, There's, there's generally like a movement uh, concern, but you know, I mean, he's, like, like you said, he's just a mountain of a man. I mean, if big, he's just big a country. that nobody can get by, I think that's okay. We'll live yeah, if he's yeah. not really the mover that, you know, people might right, want him know. to be if he was elite, quote yeah. unquote. You know, the so, thing, and we'll, we'll get this as we, I think, move to the next couple players, too. But, you know, I would, I would love to go back, and I didn't have time um, prior to us recording this tonight, but... I'd love to see, like, what was Marshall Yonder's scouting report, you know, in the draft? Yeah. What were all the things that they said he that he couldn't do well? Now, granted, he was a more of a tackle guard prospect than certainly uh, uh, Cleveland is. But still, like, I'd love mm-hmm. to see what that comparison is. I'd love to see – and. Um, our next couple players, we can probably talk about other comparisons, but I'd love to see, I don't know. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? It's just like, yeah, yeah. What, I mean, like, what, what, people what was a Hall of Fame player players that right. really turned it on, you yeah. know, that didn't mean, mean a whole lot. Right. And, and, you know, draft, draft scouting reports are going to be wrong all the time. Um, oh, absolutely. you know, players that we're not as high on or end up, end up really really succeeding and other guys that we love are, are you know not going to be as good but you know Cleveland brings the physicality that we want from our offensive line uh, especially with with the way that our run game operates so I think um, it's, it's a pick that Greg Roman's really excited about definitely a pick that guys like J.K. Dobbins and uh, Gus Edwards yeah. are very excited about um, so I think he was a really good value in the spot you know there there was uh, some talk Dude, I think everybody about... should be excited about it. Let's think about the interior of our offensive line now. I mean, because they confirmed Bozeman's our center. Yeah. He, let's face it, Bozeman could turn into an all-pro center. Yeah. He was a fabulous center in college. He's good. Yep. You know, now he's he's been a very good guard. I wouldn't say he's been a Pro Bowl-level guard, but certainly very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, certainly worth a new contract. And now yep. we're moving him to center and... You know, so now we've got Cleveland, Bozeman, Zeitler. That's pretty damn good, especially with Ronnie Stanley at left tackle and Ricard at fullback. And, you know, we can talk about some other players in a little bit, too. But, you know, Boyle coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Boyle coming back. I mean, maybe it won't matter if we put Tyree Phillips at right tackle. Now, I shouldn't say that, but. You know, I you start kind of maybe seeing why they're saying that's where we quote unquote stay in house, you mm-hmm. know, and then get that and then get that swing back. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now the other thing you have to look at with both of those, we talked about it a little bit before. With you know, Tyree Phillips is now okay. Well, he's out of that guard mix and he's moving to right tackle. Well, we still have a heck of a lot of guards on this team between yeah. the powers. McCary, uh, 
Bredesen. Uh, Bredesen, thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are we three have... players right there. Am I missing somebody else? TCC at center. He could play well, he's guard. at center. I was just thinking guards at this point, but you're right. We've got Colon Castillo, who's our backup center at this point. I think he probably has to stick around because I think we're probably we're probably saying at this point that McCarry's a a guard. Now he actually played tackle in college too. I don't know that mm-hmm. we'd want to try to make him a swing in the NFL. Um. But I wouldn't put it past him, quite frankly. He's a nice player to have around. He's certainly not someone I'd want to see leave. Um, do you? So in my mind, it's between uh, Powers and probably Bredesen for for a roster spot. Yeah, it, it's going to come down to that. Um, you know, if you remember, McCarry did play tackle in that Patriots game. Uh, he played oh, yeah. right tackle. Yeah. So I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't think that's going to be a permanent no. spot for him, but. You know, if he shows that versatility, it can't hurt his chances. Um, but, yeah, it's going to come down to Bredesen and McCarry and Powers maybe for that last spot there because you, you essentially have to pen in Zeitler at right guard. You yeah. pen in Stanley, uh, you know, hoping that he's healthy, ready to go for week one. So then the only questions then become who do you start at left guard and, and who's at right tackle? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just seems that, that left guard position is is uh has been the question for, the for, for, for Cleveland. Yeah, I don't know if I would. <clears throat> I don't know. You know, certainly if you're handicapping it at this point, he would have to be the favorite. Um, I don't know that I'd look at any of the other players and go, oh yeah, he's going to be the left guard. I mean, I don't think Powers has shown enough. He's had some glimpses. We haven't seen anything of Bredesen. And look, McCarry's. McCarry's decent, but I think we know what McCarry is, you know, for the most part. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm discounting him, but I think we have an idea of what he is. He's been a he's yeah. been a nice find for us as an undrafted free agent, but you know his ceiling isn't massively, you know, it's it's much like much like we were talking about earlier. He does not have a high ceiling, and he probably has a fairly low floor. Or no, yep. or a low ceiling. Now, anyway, I don't know what I'm yeah. trying to say there, but and we'll just get away from Kerry and let's move on with this. All right, um, but yeah, going to be really interesting in, in the interior there to see who who comes out on top. Um, okay, yeah. so then ten picks later, this was a little bit more of the uh, who kind of moment. Uh, the 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 Ravens took defensive back Brandon Stevens out of SMU. Uh, so a little bit about his backstory. He was a four-star recruit to play running back at UCLA. Uh, he transferred to SMU and, and became a corner, which is not your typical change. Um, you know, if you remember back to uh, Miles Jack at UCLA, he went from running back to linebacker, which makes a little bit more sense. But he went from running back to corner. And immediately upon his transfer, he was named a captain. So that kind of shows the kind of high character guy that he is. So yeah, this, this pick seemed to be a little bit more of a surprise, but as we learn more and more information, uh, we learn that maybe Brandon Stevens is actually a really good, good pick here at one Oh four. And, you know, the Ravens also view him as a potential fit at free safety. So Mm -hmm. he's a, he's a player that really could, could be extremely important to the back end of this defense, maybe not just in the future, but possibly even this season, just because the depth that we currently have there 
is pretty light. So the fact that we were able to add someone that, you know, can be cross-trained both at free safety and at cornerback, I think is important. I also like the fact that much like Owe, he's an ascending player who's, Mm -hmm. while he's certainly not new to football, he's new to that position. Um, So, you know, again, look at the jump he made with college coaching for, what, two years as a cornerback or whatever it was. And now he gets to go to the Ravens and get pro coaching alongside, you know, three of the best corners in the league and two pretty damn good safeties. Uh, he he uh, he might uh, be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, he's in a really good spot to improve. Um, you know, he, he has a good size. He's over six feet. Um, he's got... He's got really good closing speed, which is what I saw from his highlights. You know, he's able to, you know, even if he's a couple steps behind while the ball's in the air, he'll go out and he'll leap and, and break a pass up, which is which is really impressive to see. Um, he, he just had the one interception in, in college, but he had 22 pass breakups as uh, in two years, which is quite a lot. You know, it's a lot to get thrown at and it's a lot to break up. Um, you know, yeah. I think he's. Which shows getting, that he probably mm-hmm. went, oh, here's the former running back. Let's throw at this guy. <laughs> right. And, Which, and let's face it, everybody would do. Right. Didn't seem to work out very well um, for, for opposing offenses. Yeah. He did have it makes some it all games the more impressive when you think about right. it. Right. So he, he, he had some games um, against TCU, which is against like Jalen Rager. So some other, other NFL quality talent. Of course, SMU also produced James Prochet for us. So, you know, probably used to going up against him in practice. So um, he said we've got ourselves a player. Yeah, I think he, he posted something on Twitter, I think, or maybe it was Insta or something. But I saw something about it. Yep. So you somewhere know, on the socials. Yeah, somewhere somewhere out there. And yeah. he does have the ability to contribute on special teams, which is obviously very important to the Ravens. Um, you know, that speed. Is it, are you just thinking coverage or can he actually return stuff too? That is a good question. I don't, I'm not sure. If I'm I, assuming if I, it would just be coverage. Um, I thought coverage, but he could be an option. You, you never know yeah. because it, it right now it seems to be Devin Duvernay's spot to lose both kick and punt because that's what we yeah. saw at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he could be an option. You, you, you always like to see what you have. So, you sure. know, maybe maybe we'll see him get a shot, but in coverage as well, you know, just that yeah. athleticism and, and tackling, Absolutely. I think will be really good there. So, yeah, I mean, he, he kept saying in his pre- presser, he, he said that, you know, he expected to go in the third. We've now learned that other that, you know, he might have even gone in the second. So it kind of shows what his ceiling might be just because he's a small school guy that, you know, not as many people had heard of. Uh, we were all a little bit surprised. Maybe some people were disappointed, but. You know, it looks like there might be some good value here at 104. Yeah, we'll just have to see how it plays out. I mean, it's a it's a weird draft. I mean, it's it's hard mm-hmm. for anyone out there to really say how weird it is. I mean, you look at two picks down, we'll really probably get into some of that conversation. But some of these kids had some weird disruptions of their college seasons and, you know, everything else. I mean, scouts weren't necessarily all going to see people live as much as they normally would. and everything else. I mean, so, you know, who's to say what some of the realistic rankings of the players this year were really, 
you know. So um, and it's too bad for some of those, you know. Um, but you know, I I think it's going to be fun to see how this kid develops. He's got a lot of athletic talent. Um, certainly, like I said before, he's an ascending player, having you know only spent those two years at cornerback. But damn, he played well. So uh, yeah, we might have another exciting player here for the Ravens. We'll just have to see. Yep, and and I do just sense that you know you know how I kind of just latched on to Deshaun Elliott as like a secondary yeah, player did. that I really like. I have a feeling that's going to be Stevens for me coming up. Um, just the that athletic ability and and his his. So three years from now, when when Stevens finally gets his shot, PK will have his day in the sun. I will have my day in the sun. Absolutely. Let's hope um, it takes okay. him a little less time to get on the field than it did Deshaun Elliott. Yes. Yes. Agreed. So now we move to day three picks. Uh, the Ravens had uh, a few picks here that we want to go through. The first one was in the fourth round, pick 131. Another wide receiver, Tylen Wallace out of Oklahoma State. What do you like about Tylen Wallace? Tell you what, man, I, I don't want to put crazy expectations on a kid, but you watch his highlights and all you see is, is Steve Smith light. I mean, and I say light with a capital L. I mean, I'm not sure he's got the speed and quite the tenacity that Steve Smith had. Steve Smith, especially early in his career, was a kick returner and punt returner extraordinaire. I mean, he was he was a different level. So I, I really mm-hmm. don't want to hurt him by comparing him too much but as far as his tenacity playing bigger than his size going up and getting the ball when it needs to be gotten you know I'll tell you what I was impressed at everything I saw from him now granted it's always the best of highlight packages but he fits this offense really well and, you know, we talked about it with with our interior offensive linemen, and we're going to have to start talking about it yet again with our wide receiver room now. I mean, there's we've got a deep wide receiver room, and somebody's going to get cut that I think probably didn't think before the draft that he was maybe going to get cut. Yeah, it, it's definitely think? possible. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean – it is really crowded now, and, you know, that's going to be an interesting problem, a very different problem than, than we're used to having in Baltimore, where we have too many guys that we want on the roster. Yeah. Instead of trying to figure out, you know, which we one we're going to bottom out. We have a good wide receiver room. Or there's, mm-hmm. let me put it this way, there is a talented wide receiver room. There, I don't think the Ravens have ever had as much collective talent in their wide receiver room as we currently have. Have we had better receivers or more proven receivers? There's no question yet. But at this current point, I don't think the Ravens have ever had more talent collectively in their wide receiver room. Yeah, uh, I agree. The uh, So the thing to keep an eye on is um, there's 11 guys in the wide receiver room right now. And I think I, I saw something before that says that oh, – Nine of them have two or fewer years of experience. Wow. So we've got to keep our expectations in check, but it, it's sure. a really, it's, it's a group that's really ex- easy to get excited about uh, because of Bateman, because of Hollywood, uh, because of Tylen Wallace. Like you said, I mean, he's just so competitive. He's so tenacious that, you know, he may not be the most athletic guy or he may not be the, the, the fastest, 
but you know he's he's a really good route runner in vertical routes you know Oklahoma State didn't ask him to do a lot of underneath stuff but if you think about a lot of the routes that outside receivers have run for Greg Roman a lot of it is vertical so if he can create separation vertically fight for the ball while it's in the air um you know that that's a, a really good sign uh for for Lamar Jackson and you know something that we've mentioned a lot in this uh, leading up to the draft is if the Ravens double up at a position, they really like that second guy. Yeah. This is the second wide receiver that they take. I I think that they really, really uh, like Tylen Wallace. I think that's what makes me even more excited about him. I'll be honest with you is the fact that we doubled up with our first rounder on that same position. That means we really like, Mm-hmm. especially when you consider how deep the wide receiver room is and they even commented on it. They weren't planning on taking another wide receiver. And it just yeah. got to a point where they had to take it. Right. And, right. And, and, and yeah. he had a, he had an ACL problem. He had a knee sprain in that same knee. So I think that's why he slid some places had him as a second rounder. So like that's, that's the talent level that, that people see as a ceiling. Now, there was an interesting question during his uh, press conference. Now, I believe it was Tyler Wallace. He's he's the player who has the twin brother who had the knee problems that had to retire. Well, Mm -hmm. the question was asked whether he thought teams, because of obviously the genetic similarities between he and his twin brother, if that scared any teams away from drafting him, worrying about his knee. And he said he could see that, but um, didn't know for sure. And it just that like blew me away. Yeah, I mean, it totally amazing. makes sense. All yeah, know, all of the above. But it just, I, you know, I it's just one of those things where you just go, oh my god, these guys get so scrutinized and even mm-hmm. something as crazy as i have a twin brother who had to retire because of knee injuries and you get scrutinized because it's your twin you know right right that is like, yeah it's astonishing how crap. deep they go yeah yeah so anyway i just found that to be an interesting aside but yeah i was really impressed you know he you know really all of these guys quite frankly in all of their interviews all of them were extremely well-spoken and impressive in their own ways. Um, and, you know, Wallace was another. I mean, I really, I'm excited about him quite a bit. I mean, and and I might be at this point just as excited about Wallace as I am about Bateman. I mean, just because I feel like we got such a steal in the fourth round. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's what a lot of people are saying is that he's a steal in this spot. So. And hopefully he can prove that correct. Um, so the next pick that the Ravens had was at 136, and they made their lone trade of the draft. They they moved down to 160 and added another pick for 2022. Um, A and fourth rounder, correct? We might have uh, four fourth, fourth rounders next year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're loaded for draft picks next year, for sure. A lot of ammo there. But finally, moving on to the fifth round, where where the Ravens had their last three picks at 130, uh, 160. They took defensive back Sean Wade out of Ohio State, um, guy who kind of struggled last year uh, playing outside, but had a lot of success playing inside at the slot position. 
uh, previously when when Ohio State had all those big time corners. So you got to think the Ravens kind of see him as a slot guy. And, and you mentioned maybe as a free safety option. Maybe as a free safety option, I think for right now, he's definitely, you know, um, insurance and more Tavon Young. Let's be real. I don't think anyone can can count on Tavon Young anymore. I, I'm i still surprised he's on the team that he hasn't been cut. I mean, maybe he can't really for full salary cap relief yet. But, but anyhow, I think with a pretty fantastic training camp, I think Sean Wade may start to push uh, Tavon Young out the door for sure in that slot position. Um, you know, he's an interesting player. He He's a guy who I was hinting at, at you know, the wild, you know, 2020 season, you know, mm-hmm. from the Big Ten canceling their season, you know, to starting it back up and all the craziness of that to just the COVID craziness that he apparently had some other health and family tragedies that he dealt with. And, you know, it was a tough year. So on top of that, he went from all the flip-flopping of the season in the Big Ten, and he apparently never didn't even practice at outside corner until September. Yeah, I mean, that's amazing. Yeah. So you go, okay, yeah, no wonder he struggled. <laughs> so, right. I, you know, I, I think he's – He's certainly more comfortable on the inside, and that's where the Ravens will start him, for sure. I mean, but I don't want to totally say he's never going to be able to play outside, because if we actually give him, again, some of that pro coaching, and, you know, he may actually prove himself to be worthy of that spot at some point. Um, But, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is last year where certainly you can't totally you can't totally discount it because hey maybe he really just is better suited as a slot but to also look at it and go oh this guy's terrible and you know that's why he fell to the fifth round is probably not the way to look at it either yeah i so I love this pick right here. I think just like Tylen Wallace, Sean Wade is an awesome value here at 160. Um, because in the way that you talked about the varied skill set in the wide receiver room, I think it's also appropriate to vary some of the skill set in the cornerback room. Um, our top corners are all outside corners suited to play the outside. Um, Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Jimmy Smith, and Anthony Avery, the top four corners, all outside guys. Um, Marlon Humphrey got pushed into slot duties, and because he's Marlon Humphrey, he played well there, but definitely not as well as he's capable of playing outside. Having Sean Wade, a guy along with Tavon Young, who are more comfortable playing inside than outside, I think provides a lot of diversity in that room, a lot of value to that room. And I think it improves the overall quality of the defense rather than playing some of these guys in places where they're not as comfortable. Oh, I think no question. I think it's it uh, it'll be big. We need better depth there in that slot position for all the reasons you said. I mean, Humphrey Humphrey is Humphrey, and actually, I think he played better there than even you're giving him credit for. But you know, I he's still the guy that you want to. <clears throat> you don't want to make him your slot guy. You want him to be the guy that 
moves around on the field with the best player if needed, you mm-hmm. know, so you don't want to necessarily lock him in to slot. Um, so the, if the more depth, the more cover that we can get for Tavon, the better. I love Tavon. I hope he comes back and, and shows why we gave him that contract. Um, but if he doesn't, hey, hopefully Wade can step in and, and do the business. Yeah, and, and of the two defensive backs, I think this year, Sean Wade is probably the one that's more ready to contribute. And like you said, I mean, it's just well, possibly so. But think about, mm-hmm. we, I mean, honestly, I don't even know what to think about Stevens because at this point, we're underrating him. I think even now. Yeah. I mean, I know we we sort of blew him up a little bit ago, like he was the greatest thing since like bread. But once we come down from the post draft high, I think we're gonna keep underrating him for a little while. Yeah, until we get to see him, and, and there's yeah. there's no way that we'll be able to tell. But, you know, I, I like that Sean Wade's a really good tackler. That's something you don't typically see in slot corners and, and, you know, sometimes even free safeties. But, you know, that's one of his best attributes is his tackling ability. So, you know, he's got some really good traits. Um, you know, and just let's gotta face get it, good pedigree coming from Ohio State. He's boys yeah. a couple of the guys already on the team. That's helpful. Um, you imagine, I'm sure he was on, already on the phone with Harrison and probably Dobbins, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so that's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just get him back to a place where he's comfortable. And I think he'll be able to yeah. contribute uh, quite well. Um, moving on to pick 171, we picked edge Dalen Hayes out of Notre Dame. I think, uh, from what I've read so far, what I've seen of him, he has a lot of traits to kind of try to step in and take some snaps in that Matthew Judon role. Um, you know, on the edge, that outside linebacker that kind of can, Rush the passer as well as drop into coverage a little bit. So I really like his versatility. Yeah, we'll see where he goes. I mean, this is that we're, we're getting to the point in the draft where, you know, a lot of times they're more projects than anything. Yeah. He seems yeah. like a project. You know, if anyone in the draft I look at right now, and, and certainly I hope I'm wrong, and Dalen Hayes is the next coming of God on defense for us. But, you know, if I were to look at, this draft and point okay there's where yeah he was a guy that was on the Ravens for a couple seasons and then you know went away or or he was signed to the practice squad after training camp it would be Hayes I mean he's he's definitely that guy I don't like especially after we make some veteran additions I just don't see I don't see where he fits personally unless he's a fantastic special teams guy yeah, I, I'm not as sure on the special teams thing, but but you know there are those outside linebacker snaps that are available with with Judon's departure. I, I think Haley, Hayes, in a limited role, can contribute. Um, you know, he's definitely, you know, being available at 171 kind of tells you tells you part of the story. You know, he's not, uh, you know, some like some of those other uh, Notre Dame linebackers that went second round, third round, but. You know, you never know with with this kind of guy. And like we look, said, guys you know, got some is, talent. Um, mm-hmm. You know, definitely they doubled up here skills. Again. Yeah. yeah, again, you're right. We doubled up, and you've got to love the fact he grew up a Ravens fan. Um, mm-hmm. Not from the Baltimore area, but still loved the Ravens and loved defense, and so that's great. Obviously, went to Notre Dame. He has a fantastic pedigree. So there's there's stuff to work with here. I'm not trying to say he's like some you know, nothing kind of player in, in any respect, but 
you know, I just, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't see, and, and this isn't necessarily a criticism of the pick either, because I uh-huh. think he's fine. You know, at this player in the draft, you know, you're, you're looking for guys that you can coach up and, and I don't know enough to say it was a bad pick, but I, I also don't see him contributing a ton to the 2021 Ravens. And that's not a bad thing. No, but I not. just don't right. know if it, does that mean he's just sitting at the end of the bench? Is there really special teams contributions there? I think, I think a lot, a lot will be told by who we sign, you know, mm-hmm. free agent wise. I think we're going to, I think we sign Justin Houston and then probably one or two other players on the edge, you know, and not necessarily big name guys, but veteran proven special teams, outside linebacker sort of guys, the LJ Fort of an outside linebacker, mm-hmm. you know, that, and that may keep Dalen Hayes from doing much next year. If make if at all making the roster, quite frankly, because we'll kind of get to that point. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. And, and it, of course, like when you draft somebody, you know, I get excited about, you know, oh, man, this guy can be so cool. But then, you know, of course, that's not going to be every player. Yeah, it's not. And honestly, be... this is the first year in a long time that I I'm starting to feel that way, you know, about. And I'm not trying to say that as a bad thing about Hayes. I'm just trying to be realistic as I look at these, because too often I look I and mean, I thought Ben Bredesen was going to be our starting center at one point. Last year. <laughs> right, dumb. right. It's well, like, you know, that, like, right? let's so chill out a bit. Like, so full okay, of like, you're reading a bit too much into the scouting reports that he's like got a photographic memory and blah, blah, blah. Like, let's, okay, step back, you know. Um, so I'm just trying to look at these guys with, with a little bit of, you know, like like we said, you know, Wade could end up being a really nice slot corner at some point. Um, Tylen Wallace, we'll see. We're excited because he slipped. Maybe there's reasons he slipped. Maybe it's injury issues. But certainly he looks like he could be a really solid wide receiver. Um, you know, Brandon Stevens got a lot of upside. Ben Cleveland, you know, our first three picks look like they could be absolute studs. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean... I, I don't really have much complaint there, but I will say one player I also don't have much complaint in, and one player that was a perfect player to be our final pick, and I may have said it in our last pod as we were doing our perfect you did predictions of the draft. I, I said if the Ravens cannot get Tommy Tremble. Which, by the way, for like the second year in a row, I have loved Carolina's draft. Yeah, by the way, too. And then Carolina took Tommy Tremble. But anyway, if we weren't going to get Tommy Tremble, I wanted one guy, tight end, tight end, mind you, Ben Mason out of Michigan. Really a fullback. Let's be real. He's going to be a monster on special teams next year. He's probably going to be a power back on offense with like behind Ricard, you know, on some sort of crazy like goal line formation. You know, he's going to play some H back. He's going to play a little bit of tight end, maybe. But I'll tell you why they announced him as a tight end, because they know they've got Ricard, as you pointed out, 
to me over text one more year. And then after that, we've got our boy Ben Mason to step in and, and be Mr. and Mrs. Harbaugh's favorite player. Yeah, it's, it, I mean, the Michigan connection continues. Yeah. You know, we got a player drafted from Michigan again. Uh, he's pretty much Pat Ricard, but 40 pounds lighter. He's got tons of power. And he's he even played on to, the defensive line. Yeah, guys. yeah. He's athletic enough, athletic enough to play four positions in college. He played fullback, Same tight number. end. What's that? Didn't they both play four, pay, have 42 as well as their number? Um, I think so. I don't know if that was uh, Ricardo's Maybe not. college so number. Set that aside for now. I'm right. Who cares about that? But anyway, sorry, yeah. I'm interrupting. But Go yeah, ahead. I mean, he's just he's just Patrick Ricard, but but 40 pounds lighter. I mean, he can do all this with probably better things. hands. I yeah. love Patrick yeah. Ricard, but let's face it, he's probably got better ball skills than Patrick Ricard. Right. So I mean, you know, just imagining Cleveland at left tackle and. Uh, Mason at fullback. You mean left and guard? Gus Edwards. Yeah, what did I say? Left tackle. Okay, yeah, I meant left guard. And then uh, Mason at fullback and, and Gus Edwards, you know, just needing one yard. I mean, <laughs> yeah. what else could you ask for? You know, and, and Nick Boyle back on the yeah, line. Dude. I mean, while, while the rest of the league goes to this passing offenses you know little fast guys gonna bowl people just, over man we just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger and uh you know it was, it's a fun pick i i don't know what else there is to say about it i mean at that yeah. point in the draft it's great it's a ravens pick yeah. i love those yeah. kind of players you know i mean it's stupid and it means nothing for the ravens but i've talked about it all the time fullback was always my favorite position in madden he, they were always open you know, you could always like run for like ten yards on third down. I mean, it was like I love I love fullback. They're just like the perfect you know, when you have a good fullback, they're almost invaluable. Almost. And yeah, I it's, love the it's fact gonna that be the fun. Ravens have continued to use that position, unlike other teams in the league, and the fact that we continue to value it. I just I want and I said this before, Greg Roman, just we've got to see that adjustment this year. We've got to see it. And if we don't see it after the coaching moves and, you know, bringing in T. Martin and, and bringing in Williams and, you know, getting these receivers, the talent is there now. There isn't anything more that that can be an excuse outside of scheme. for And because at this point, I'm not even going to blame Lamar. If the passing game is poor next season, it is Greg Roman. So I'll tell you what, the the target is is absolutely on his back right now. And it's and it's where it should be. But, you know, he, he's got to perform. I worry. We've talked about it a lot. Things have gone downhill after really exciting starts and, you know, offensively in several of his stops. And it's always gone downhill and ended due to the passing game. And I I hope that, you know, with these other offensive additions that we've made to the coaching staff, that he's open to it. And certainly that Harbaugh, I imagine, is directing it, I would hope, to make sure that this scheme improves 
because they definitely need to do some self-scouting and 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 act upon that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at this point, you can't really blame the front office either. I mean, they're trying. No. You know, no. they in the past three drafts, they've drafted two wide receivers each time. Um, you know, they got the tight ends. You know that they're that they're investing in as well. You know, offensive line. They're drafting somebody every year. They brought in. They brought in free agents. So, you know, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, you know, they're yeah. they're continuing to bring in that running game to support a what should be a good passing game, and it's time to to figure that out. Yep, absolutely. So that that wraps up a draft class that I really like. Um, you know, a a pre June first off season that I think has gone pretty well for the Ravens. Yeah. Despite some disappointments in free agency uh, with wide receivers. You know, we were you know able what, to though? add. I'll be honest with you. I'm I'm happy with the way things went. Now, I mean, yeah, look at back. You know, yeah. yeah, looking back, I I wouldn't have wanted to drop a bunch of money on, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster. When, you know, yeah, when you have I mean, Rashad Bateman, all of a sudden, you know, yeah, now we've got Rashad changes. Bateman and and Tylen Wallace. Mm-hmm. So, okay, well then, I, I'd rather have that. Yeah, let's work. Exactly. Let's see. Yeah, I mean, you know, am I a little concerned about right tackle at the moment? Sure, but I, I have faith that the Ravens will get that worked out. And quite yeah. frankly, I'll, I also have faith that the other four fifths of the offensive line will probably be good enough if Ben Cleveland truly is as good as he looks. Um, you know that at least he can be a good rookie. Like, I'm not looking for him to be, like, all pro or something his rookie year. But as long as he can be a solid left guard as a rookie, we we have a pretty damn good offensive line, even without, you know, a, a proven right tackle at this point. So there are certainly still some questions. Edge is certainly some questions. I think if you want to start talking about free agency a little bit, you know, now that the draft is over. If we're now into May, we can sign free agents without any of the draft compensation for next year. I'll be surprised if by next week, Justin Houston isn't a Raven. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. So that was, that was what I wanted to talk about is like, what's next? You know, what, what still needs to be done for this roster? We mentioned Alejandro Villanueva uh, earlier uh, to play right tackle or, or, you know, be a swing tackle. You know his his pass grade his pass protection has has gone downhill a little bit, but you know that was for you know essentially statue Big Ben, um, and then dropping back 40, 50 times a game. You know when you bring that scale down a little bit and you add uh, Lamar's mobility into it, you know I think he can still be a serviceable option. Um, so I think he'll be he'll be a nice uh, piece and certainly as a puzzle. Swing. Yeah. As a swing guy. And, and I do like the fact that if we were to have a swing tackle, it is someone who, where I certainly would go, okay, he's going to play right tackle, so you question about that. But if, let's say, Tyree Phillips is the right tackle and we bring in Villanueva to truly be our swing, I actually feel pretty good about that versus last year where we had the, you know, our, the best option, and it was a great option at the time. But moving Orlando Brown, before we moved Orlando Brown, we were like, who the hell is our left tackle? DJ right. Fluger? You yeah. Know? So, you know, I, having Villanueva available certainly is, would be, would be great. 
to have that in our back pocket. I'm not sure that I want him as our right tackle. We also have, and, and not to, um, I don't mean to cut that off like like I, I, I hate him a right tackle, but the Bears also have cut uh, their starting left tackle. Again, someone that would have to move from left tackle to right tackle, but someone that could be an interesting get depending on cost. He's a 29-year-old. I think former Pro Bowler uh, in 2019. Yeah, I who's think. set to make nine million this year, so it'll be interesting to see. So and again, what he signs you know, at. Yeah, if somebody needs a left tackle, you know, he may want to continue to be a left tackle. You know, I mean, Cincinnati certainly may still want a left tackle, so they may go out mm-hmm. and do that. Um, but you know, I think between edge and right tackle, I think which at this point are, I think, our biggest holes. Um, you know, I feel pretty darn good about what we're looking at. I think we can get some veteran outside linebackers. I think, uh, you know, you get Justin Houston and one or two guys like the uh, – who's that guy we got from the Colts that um, he signed somewhere else, I forget, the, the, uh Jihad Ward. Yeah. Okay. You know, so that level of a player, you know, that I either after training camps cut or, you know, uh, after training camp cut or, you know, maybe before training camp, something like that. But, you know, that veteran signing of group of guys that we bring in that, you know, end up rounding out the team, I think we'll, we'll end up finding some people and, and be okay. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be roster shakeups all over the place after the draft, so it'll be yeah. interesting to see who becomes available and, and, you know, who might fit into the Ravens' plans. So, you know, that's what's next for us. It's that. It's finalizing the list of undrafted free agents, and then it'll be the road to training camp uh, for for the next upcoming yeah. season. So, you know, the interesting one to talk isn't now at this point is Julio Jones, and I don't think yeah. it will be. You right. think about that, if we had not gone Rashad Bateman in the first round, and even if, I, I think even if we had gone Rashad Bateman and not picked Tylen Wallace, you might have even heard a little bit about Julio Jones. But I don't think at this point you're going to hear anything more about us and Julio. Right. Yeah, I agree. Would you that. agree? I mean, yeah. I, don't, I don't know that I see that happening now at all. Yeah, yeah, um, I, I agree because it would take a next year pick, I, I think, and you so know, from what I've read for for Hollywood or something like that, you know, which I I'm not saying I'd want to do that or or anything, despite my frustrations at times with Brown, I like him quite a bit, um, but it would it would take that I think there would have to be a player involved or something to make that work because I don't see us trading a high pick at this point for who for Julio Jones. No. And no, certainly not for the cap hit that we got no, to take at this point. No, definitely. Not. I think we um, if we were gonna make a trade for a vet, it would probably be an edge player guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean there's still some other options edge wise too. Ryan Kerrigan is out there, Bruce Irvin is out there. So there's still Actually, some guys that's a player that intrigues the crap out of me is Ryan Ryan Kerrigan. Yeah, I mean, he, he especially because he's contribute. trying to stay home, quote unquote. To uh-huh. uh, you know, I don't. I assume he's got a home locally, 
you know, having played in Washington for so many years. So if he hasn't already sold that home, you know, he'd have uh, maybe a reason to keep it. Yeah, so there are some options there. I'm not sure that that it's going to take a trade to get somebody that can yeah, contribute. That's true. Um, speaking Is of there the Falcons, a position that you would want to trade for? I mean, just a random question. Not that we need to keep to this podcast for... going on longer than necessary. No, I don't think so. I think, <clears throat> I think the options that are out there free agency-wise are, are at least solid options for 2021. Uh, Villanueva, Houston, Kerrigan, Dennis yeah. Kelly at tackle as well. You know, they're at least good options for 2021. And then you get into next year's draft. You see who else is available in free agency next year. Um, you see how your own guys develop. And, and then you go kind of go through the whole process again. But at least for one year stopgap, there are um, viable options. So where do we pick in next year's draft? Call it 32. Now. Yeah, I, I, I disagree with you. I, I say we're going to actually pick, would it be like 45? Because we traded back from 32. And, mm, uh, okay, got picked yeah, up that's where we year. take our first pick next year. 45, that would be a brutal wait, my goodness. Oh, my God, yeah. But we are, yeah. we, we'd still be on the Super Bowl high, so it's all right. That's true. But with all those fourth-round picks we got next year, maybe we can move up. That's true. That's a true story. It's going to be an amazing year, man. Can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be so fun. The draft season is over. Uh, you know, at we a time that we love a lot. It's also yeah. uh, a time in which the phrase is, uh, he's a guy, this is a guy, um, here's a guy, he is someone who, all those phrases are, are going to go way down in frequency of use. Yeah. You're not yeah, going to hear and, that, that uh, music bed. On ESPN, you know what I'm talking about? Oh yeah, they play yeah. any of the highlights all the time and all that stuff. I love that stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Oh. It'll come back. I It'll would probably back. buy a CD of just random ESPN Dude, all, highlight music beds. All and I would YouTube. love it. They're all on YouTube and they're all so good. There's several oh. versions. Are there really? I'll, I'll send, I'll send you it to you. You just made the rest of my night, TK. You just made the yes. rest of my night. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you right, right when we're done. And one um, last thing before we sign off is yeah. I also love listening to all the old uh, theme songs. Like, if you listen to the old NFL and CBS theme song before mm-hmm. they lost the rights to Fox, it is the best. And I don't know why they didn't go back to that. It is the best song ever so look at that, that one and then of course nba on nbc oh yeah around ball is, that's a that's a that is the greatest i just it's the greatest that is that is watching nba in my youth right there did you did you know that that guy just like called his John voicemail Tesh? and yeah he like called his voicemail and was like hey i have an idea for a for a basketball yeah. theme and he yeah. just like sang it onto his voicemail, and that's how he remembered it. That's so amazing. That, I have people are that. so brilliant. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing too. That's John Taft, like that right. guy who like hosted. Yeah, it's like, not just that guy. All yeah. sorts of crazy stuff and made fun of him for years, but he'd like, dude, he's legit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyway, with that, let's sign us off, TK. 
All right. Well, like I said, draft season is over. I think it was a re- another really successful draft for the Ravens. It's always an exciting time at Baltimore, best because the Ravens are so good at it every year. Yeah, man. Um, so, you know, here's to hoping that some of these guys pan out. Here's to hoping that all of them pan out. The Ravens are well on their way to uh, the Super Bowl this season. So for Andrew Holly, this is DK signing off from Cab Takes and Football. Go Ravens. Go Ravens.